Welcome to the Romantic Truth Podcast. The content of the show is intended for an adult audience, 18 years and older. I'm Gillian from the United Kingdom, and it's my pleasure to introduce my adorable ex, your host, Jao San, in Las Vegas. Hi, everyone. Jao San with you here, Romantic Truth Las Vegas. Today's topic, a man's value to women. Now, happy Halloween, everyone. And uh, please be safe out there. I believe we had 17 murders this past weekend. I think from Michigan, uh, Texas, Louisiana, and I believe Florida. 76 people were wounded. perspectives were pretty interesting. And afterwards, I'll give you my comments. What do I think about the value of men? They are useless and not worth the time or effort to try to please. If I had to do it over again, I would just use men for sex and would never consider starting a family or walking down the dreaded aisle with them. I've been married twice and would never care to revisit that situation. Women should use men for a good fuck and that's it. Make your own money and don't get pregnant. 
as we can see with the first respondent, what is she trying to convey? The institution of marriage is not worth it. Dealing with a man is not worth it. Only use them for sex, and that's it. Now, you notice she said, the caveat was, oh, by the way, um, yeah, make sure you make your own money and don't get pregnant. Now let's reverse that. What if men said, okay, well, we won't have sex with them. We'll just go with them for their money. Oh, and by the way, don't have kids with them. You'd have a whole bunch of male gold diggers, wouldn't you? More than likely. A lot of gigolos out there. She's admitted that she has failed twice at a marriage. There's a good possibility she was doing the same thing, and that's the reason why she failed a second time. And guess what she didn't do? She didn't acknowledge that failure. She blamed it on men. Did she take any ownership? Oh, no. Mm -mm. No, no, no. That'd been too much. That'd been too much like right. But let's carry on. The next one. I quit fucking with men after having my heart broken so many times. Even though it took a while for me to get used to being with a woman, I've made that choice, and I'm standing by it. I would never deal with a man again. Now, that's rather extreme, don't you think? You're going to go and change the gender of the person that you desire based on heartbreak. I just want you to know, man, that men experience a lot more heartbreak than women do. See, the difference is this. You have the luxury as a female to get the man you want. As men, we have to get the woman we can get. And a lot of times we think that's the best we can do. So when you break up and leave us for another man because you have so many choices, way more than we do, we take it hard. A lot of times we don't show it. And the reason why we don't show it is because, remember, we have to keep that stiff upper lip for society. We got to make them think that we're made of steel, that we're titanium. Our feelings can't be touched. And so you see these guys that go to extremes. They don't necessarily go for someone of the same sex. Some do. But many of them, what they will do, they will choose to just go MGTOW. Men go in their own way. And they become very bitter, very isolated. And they do just what the woman in the first segment said that she would do. She says she'll use men for sex. Well, that's what a lot of these guys who've been hurt and heartbroken so many times, that's what they actually do with women. That's their way of retaliating. 
I'm not going to get serious. I'm just going to go. She's thinking I'm going for a relationship. She may like me, but the only thing I'm going to do is screw her and move on because I don't want to get hurt. Many times that's the way guys feel. Because, see, you have to remember, we have to throw more irons in the fire than you do in order to attract someone. And see, when you're totally into a guy, oh, you'll make it much easier for him to approach you and to be with you. I want you to think once about those guys that really tried for you and you turned them down. They didn't measure up. They didn't look good enough. They weren't wealthy enough. You name it, be enough, that is. Many times you don't really care about how they feel. And you wonder why these men become so upset. And they become so disconnected with women. Thinking the only thing they have to do is go in their wallet, throw a few dollars, sleep with you, and then forget about you. So heartbreak isn't a patent on one person or one gender. Other people also feel pain too. Let's carry on to the next. I'm trying not to be one of these angry women that you see on the internet all the time and on dating sites. I was married to a man for 15 years that still has something to prove. He was very abusive and I survived that experience. As a result, it would be very difficult for me ever to trust a man again in any capacity. If I get into an Uber or a Lyft and a man is in the vehicle, I will wait until a female shows up. Will I ever be with a man again? I hope so. But now I am playing it safe with a transgender woman. Now, in this case, what this lady is doing is she's mitigating her risk. She wants to be with a man but she probably doesn't want to be with someone of the same biological gender. So she wants to be with a transgender person. Now, this is more or less a shield to protect her because she was traumatized in a past relationship apparently. So traumatized that she's phobic about being around men in general. This is what I'm talking about when I say that some women need counseling after relationships instead of self-medicating because what's happening now that experience she had in that relationship has now crippled her emotional perspective in many ways now the sad truth is I hate to say it but in this case that transgender person she'd be with think about it She's actually using that person out of convenience. Now, it'd be different if she genuinely found a transgender person that she fell in love with and they went off into the sunset together. But this right here is agenda-based. She's worried more about protecting herself than actually working on herself. And let's see some of the insecurities here as in the ones we've met so far. 
It has to do with their poor judgment. Well, there were red flags along the way. They complained after the fact. But they're complaining in real time while they're going through the relationship as well. But they stay. That's because they're so bound emotionally and they're so focused that they don't take an objective view and actually call it for what it is. A bad relationship, a toxic relationship. Maybe it's something they're doing wrong in the relationship. But see, we find comfort in pointing the finger at just one gender. Same thing with men. If men would always complain about women, about women are this, women are that, first thing we look at is what kind of women are you choosing? Because it's related to what kind of person you are. And this is where a lot of people don't like going. Because they're frustrated, but they should be frustrated at their own decision-making skills. That person didn't just pop into your life. You invited them in for a reason. And sometimes, the reason may not be valid enough to have a relationship or to warrant one. But you go on through with it anyway. Then you start justifying the hurt, the pain, and everything else associated with it by marginalizing it and being cynical about it. Oh, well, you know, everybody goes through pain, trouble, you know, tribulations and trials in relationships. Sometimes not the shit you're going through, but you don't want to be objective like that because that means that you'll have to look at it logically and you'd have to face the music. So it's best to put your head in the sand. So you get into another relationship. So take for instance, this lady does get with a transgender person. And what if that same problem that she had with the other partner comes up again? Is it the transgender person's fault that time also? Something to think about. You gotta watch your patterns. Let's carry on. After listening to your show, I had to come to the realization that it was indeed my fault in choosing the person I chose to hurt me. This is something I never wanted to own up to over the years, because I always found comfort in blaming my ex-husband. By convincing myself and others that he was the only problem, I found comfort in lying to myself over so many years. I'm currently undergoing another divorce, based on the same premise that I started with in the last marriage. For the first time in my life, I am being accountable in a relationship. In this instance, what she found was a woman who realized that she had formed a pattern of behavior. She's doing an intervention on her own behalf. She sees where the problems are. They're with her. The choices she made 
And I guarantee you when she reevaluates the reasons why she made the choices in men she did and hurt her, she's going to understand there are some voids that need to be addressed in her life. And again, this is a good place where counseling would help her. Because what this would do, in essence, it would give her the insight to know some of the things that she probably didn't notice in starting relationships that she need to adhere to before she makes a decision to go forward. It's like you get into a routine of doing something and you're blaming other people. And then after a while, you run out of excuses for yourself. And then you start looking at yourself. And then once you say, okay, let me do some changes on my end and see if I get some changes as a result in regards to the people that I attract or that I'm in a relationship with. But a lot of people don't like to change because they think they got it. And really, what is it? What is all of this a basis on? It's based on being right. We're so fixated with being right that we'll go to the grave being wrong, saying that we're right. That's the way it is. You have a former president still talking about an election was rigged when genuinely everything was legit. But what is he doing? He's taking on the role of victimhood. And of course, people love an underdog, don't they? Now, I'm willing to bet you before this marriage, before she got involved with this guy she's divorcing now, I'm willing to bet you she presented herself as an underdog. And everybody loves an underdog. The little guy that wins it. David versus Goliath. Oh, I've got to be right. Because if I'm wrong, Everything I stand for falls apart. But what she's admitting to is, okay, I was wrong. Let me fix this so I can be right. And that's the difference. A lot of people, they'd rather go through life wrong all the time and saying they're right. So kudos to her for her recognizing that particular situation she's contending with. Let's carry on. In response to your question about how I would value a man, I think they are wonderful people and I've had pleasant experiences with them. There were some that were not so nice, but for the most part, I think I've chosen very well throughout the years. I chose a man back in 2005 and could not have made a better choice. I don't understand some of these other women that are having such a difficult time with men. Who knows, it may be them instead of the man. Thank you for asking me the question, and now that I know about your show, I will listen to the podcast.
Now, in this particular situation, she's balanced. Meaning that, you notice she didn't go to one extreme. She had met some good men and some bad men. Well, that's the way life is. You're going to meet good women and bad women. Good and bad and everything. Restaurants, cars, you name it. Now, the other thing too is this. You notice how many times she used the word choice. Chose. What this tells you is that she's a little bit more independent. Meaning that she's not allowing someone else to make the choice for her. I bet you this lady has a very detailed screening process when it comes down to a guy that's going to date her. I'm sure she vetted her husband very well before she married. And this is what it takes. You just can't be hung up on that halo bias that you may have. Oh, I'm in love with him. He can do no wrong. I'm in love with her. She can do no wrong. And you're willing to just make exceptions for everything along the way. And see, you don't really start looking at things until after the marital bliss is over with. After the honeymoon period of the relationship is over with. You know, most relationships only last 90 days. Three months. Because... After that period, that means they have to do the work to stay in the relationship. You know, it's like being in America. You're in here, you're born here, for instance. You grow up here. And then you go to work in order to uh, provide for yourself, and you have to pay taxes. You got to pay rent to be here. <laughs> Government rent, right? Well, the same thing holds true with the relationship. There's a fee you have to pay, and it's called work, in order for it to work. And sometimes you have to understand that. But there are people that don't want to do that. They want to date on the cheap. They want to be in a relationship on the cheap. That's the reason why you see a lot of surfer, surface daters out there. These people that want to start the dating process, enjoy the benefits of it in the initial stages, and get out of it before the work is required. And this is what they do cyclically. They know they're not going to get serious with anyone. They know they're not going to be committed. So you have to vet these people out. Because if you mess around and marry one of these people. Or get involved in a relationship with them. You will realize that there is no there there. And the only thing you have is just an empty person. That's tagging along. For any kind of benefits offered. So again, this is something to think about, and kudos to this lady as well for actually thinking it through. Let's go on to the next. How do I value men? That is an interesting question. It is actually one I never thought about because I've been married for the last 24 years. I can't speak on men in general because my husband was my first boyfriend and only man I've ever known. The only thing I can say is that I'm happy with no complaints.
Now in this case, this lady was very fortunate. High school sweetheart all the way through, and she's still happy with him. Now, she had to go through a lot of probably scars, bruises, and everything else emotionally in order to get to this point. Both of them probably did. Some tough times, some good times, some bad times, some wild times, some crazy times. But she's very fortunate. And this is becoming rarer and rarer in our society. The average marriage now lasts about seven years. The people that divorce, divorce the most are black women between the ages of 50 and 59. They have the highest divorce rate now. The average person divorces between the ages of 25 to 39 in the United States. Now, what we have to realize is that with the birth rate, most women who are having babies in America are having it at age 27. Unlike in the past, when back in the 1980s, they were having babies at 20. Women are taking more time to plan, they're getting into careers, they're getting their education. So it's a whole different dynamic now. Now, I'm willing to bet you nine times out of 10 that this lady probably grew in her marriage, meaning that she probably went on and did the things that she wanted to do while she was in the marriage. It wasn't what we would call a stillmated marriage, meaning that everything that you had on your agenda in life stops because your family comes first. And you go through all of those years with everybody else being served but you. And then when you're in your late 40s, mid-50s sometimes, or even 60s, and now you want to live your life for you. And you feel cheated because of all those years you've made the sacrifice. But see, when I talk about consideration, this is what I'm talking about in relationships in general. You need to have someone in your life that is considerate of the fact that you need to grow in that relationship. Now, there are some women out there that value men based on income. And what you will find, as I've told many of you guys before, you're going to find the harder the hardship is that a woman has financially, the more she's going to require out of the man she seeks. Not always the case, but more often than not. What does this mean in general? You can ask a woman, for instance, what would you consider a good salary for a man? The majority will probably say, oh, $100,000 a year, if that's a priority for them, or even more in that case. How many times have you seen shows where women who have children are looking for a man that makes over $100,000 a year and they would say something to the effect that, well, he needs to make a lot of money to take care of me and my family and my children. But they would consider settling for a man that made fifty or 60000 a year. But here's the caveat for many of them. Well, yeah, if he made six, fifty or 60000 a year, he still needs to have the ambition to make a hundred thousand. Because she's going to try to push him to make more money. Meanwhile, 
What she's going to do is leverage his masculinity to be a challenge. Well, you're the man who's supposed to be taking care of the family. To put that gender guilt on so that he will go out there and do as she wishes. But as I told you before, we've broken down the numbers from 2022 on tax returns. And there was only about 10 million people, a bit over 10 million people, that made over $100,000 a year that were single. That included men, women, transgender, that included different sexual persuasions, that included people that weren't looking or ever looking for a relationship again, that included divorcees. And out of that group, the numbers were even less when you started talking about single men out there so if the majority of the population what was it about 66% of the population that made less than $100,000 a year in that year and oh by the way that 10 million does not include married couples that made over $100,000 a year not leave them out because that was the bulk of people that made over 100 grand a year but see a lot of women are sold this pie in the sky dream about finding the quote unquote mystical high value man this is the reason why a lot of these guys bullshit these women and play the role like they're doing better than they are Ladies, if you made it a requirement for men to go to college and have a college degree before they talk to you, guess what? Men would do that. And those that couldn't do it would lie about it. They'd go and print up a degree. It's the same thing when you ask for him to make a certain income. If you look at the black community, 51% of black men are single with no children. I'm part of that statistic. Why so? I didn't see the benefit of going out and starting a family with someone that only looked at me as nothing more than a paycheck. The woman that I wound up marrying had three children from a previous marriage, all three. And she had a career, a good career. And here's the interesting thing. She didn't need me economically. She could have done very well as she was. And this is why a lot of men pass over women that are looking only for the material numbers, their dollars. But you have a lot of women that chase fool's gold. 
has a nice car. He has nice clothes. He's smelling good. He's got a Rolex watch. As far as you know, he could be living at home. One thing that I noticed on the dating scene for years, there were a few guys that would always tell me, they said, man, never let a woman know where you live. I was asking, what, 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 what do you mean by that? He says, because the thing is, it's going to blow your cup. You let them associate your car, the way you present yourself, let that be the representation of your wealth. Take her to a hotel, wine and diner, just don't take her to where you really live. Because the reason for that, the reason why they could do all of that, a lot of them were living at home. A lot of them had a whole bunch of roommates. They might have had a friend that had a beach house or something like that. Boom, there they would. There you go. I wasn't ashamed of where I lived by no stretch. But in my own place. But here was the thing. I had to be very careful about the women that I would bring home. Because once they start bringing their stuff in, oh boy, that could be challenging in some circumstances. But here's the one thing to keep in mind. Those of you ladies out there who are independent, you're going to find it works out much better for you. You have better choices than men. That dependent woman, that woman that's looking for the guy for her hair and nails to be done and all that, she's going to still wind up getting those guys that are just going to go to a restaurant with her and then duck out on the tab or something like that. She's going to get always deal with those guys because the guys who know what to look for they're not looking at those women they're not thinking about those women as far as they see it those are the kind of guys they deserve and they bypass them. I remember back in the 90s some women would try to make me feel bad you don't have any children? What's wrong with you? You gay or something? No. There's nothing wrong with a person being gay. They can be gay all they want to. I don't care. I'm not homophobic or anything like that. Well, I just thought, uh, you know, it's kind of odd that a man in his 30s doesn't have any children. No, it's not. I don't have time for children. Yeah, but you know you want a little... No, I'm not that narcissistic where I got to have somebody with my name walking around calling me daddy. I don't look at a child as an accomplishment. I don't look at, the, at a child as something that is going to make me look good. It's not about that. It's not about having some sort of souvenir. manhood 
but that was the mindset. And then a lot of guys bought into it. Man, you need to go here and, and just don't get you a baby in there. And every guy that said that, that I know of, except for about maybe three or four, got put on child support by the very woman they bragged about, about having a very child. They started that, oh man, you know, this is the best thing ever happened. And then before it was over with, I can't stand that bitch. That bitch take me back child support. I'm going to quit my job. And you ask them, well, what, which is it? And by the way, fellas, quitting your job, going from job to job, is not going to do anything to child support. It's still going to be there. And when you go to try to draw Social Security, they're going to take that too. Just to save you the trouble. Taxes, child support, student loans are three things they'll come after you for in your senior years. If you owe. Now, another thing. There's some women that are actually looking for the quality of the man as value. And this separates women who seek the quantity of a man and his money and the quality of the man and his character. And so what this means in essence is that she's more concerned about longevity in the relationship. The other one's concerned about status. These girls are so status crazed in so many ways that what are they doing? Going on Instagram, going over to places like Dubai, and God knows what's happening to them there, as we do know from many of the women that have been there. One lady had written in the show about her experience there. And I will tell you this much. feel very empty when they come back. And a lot of them don't get the money they claim to get. And plus, why would you want to go over there and have your rights stripped away? Because you can't do what you do here in the States. I know stress. You look at Russia, for instance, as an example can't be caught with any kind of alcohol in your system behind the wheel of a vehicle. None whatsoever. And a lot of the other countries still applies. So you gotta know before you go, right? But here's the thing that I'm getting at. The value should be intrinsic. It should be the person. Not what they have, but who they are. That's going to carry the most weight. But we focus sometimes on the benefit that this person can actually bring us monetarily instead of the benefit of the person in helping you grow, helping you 
like this. It's fake. What I found is that women who are very happy in relationships, they work with their partner so they have room to grow with their partner. And that's how it's worked. They don't feel as though they missed out on anything in life. They were a proactive member of their marriage. So the thing she wanted to do, she might have wanted to go back to school. She might have wanted to wait until in her 30s to have children so that she could get a better placement in her career. They give you, what, a few months of maternity leave here, like six months or whatever? You look at a country like Russia, you get three years of maternity leave. In Japan, you get maternity leave, plus your husband gets it, I think, for a year. Got a lot of things to work on in this country, don't But these are things that we really need to look at. But it all starts with us treating each other better. With a better understanding. And realize when something's not going to work, we need to acknowledge it, raise our hand, and not look like we failed in the sense that we tell ourselves that we failed. Okay, it didn't work. We were incompatible. Let me move on and find somebody I'm compatible with. Instead of sitting there talking about, I'm going to make it work because I really like this person. The only thing you're doing is digging your own emotional grave. As I told you before, the very worst thing that you could possibly do is get someone in a relationship that's half-ass in with you. Once that happens, that can be very, very problematic. Now, there's a situation that I want to address. And I'm going to address it in the next segment. Michelle out of St. Louis, Missouri writes the following. My boyfriend and I have been dating now, going on 19 months. I have yet to go over to his place for the first time. Usually, we're always over at my place, Netflix and chill. I've been over at his cousin's place. I've been over at his aunt's place. I've been over to his mother's place. I've never been to his place. What is going on with this? I've confronted him about this several times over. And as a 26-year-old man, he should have his own place. Am I wrong for thinking this way? I work hard, I have my own place, and I'm getting very tired of him leaving his stuff at my place. He could at least level with me and tell me he took if he's homeless. Michelle, St. Louis, Missouri. Michelle, I don't even think it's that. I think he's living with another woman. Many times guys will do this. You may think you're his main woman. More than likely, you're his side piece. His main woman? Uh, that's the place where she'll notice if he moves something out of that place. Well, here's the thing. They've probably been together so long that he's already made it a routine that he can leave the house when he wants to. 
because he's not going to really raise his thing. Don't be surprised if it's the case because I knew so many guys who used to do this with women. The guy would go find a woman, dig her up like she's his woman, he moves in with her, things start going good, and then gradually he starts playing into them kind of creating some distance between them. And once that happens, he takes that space and he fills it with another woman. But here's the thing. He's leaving things over to your place. And I'm willing to bet you those are things that he probably purchased elsewhere that his other woman doesn't know about. He's probably got stuff stashed at his friend's house, his mom's place, every place he's taking you. I'm sure he has a stash of clothes, things there that that other woman has not seen yet. And the reason for that, he's probably running more women than you, or her. Now, that shit gets old. He's 26. By the time he gets in his 30s, he'd be slipping up like a son of a bitch. And he knows good and well that it's going to come to an end. Now, I don't think she's putting forth any effort to really corral him in. It could be that she has low self-esteem. It could be that she's at a point where she just gave up. See, this is what a lot of guys do when they're in dead-end relationships, dead-head relationships. And believe it or not, a lot of times, it's the guy's fault. He oversold himself in the beginning, and then things flatten out and she realizes, well, hell, you know, he was telling me this at first. Now this is my reality. Well, I'll just live with it. I'll just deal with it. It's better than being alone. And a lot of guys play that middle ground with that. So she's not going to be teased by other women about, <laughs> she got a man. So she don't have to worry about other women saying, oh, where's your man? You don't have a man. That's something she don't have to sweat. Now, the other thing too, I'm wondering whether or not he is very careful about the places he takes you, which side of town you guys favor the most. That's another thing. Now, he could be couch surfing and homeless, true enough. I think he would have picked that up though, because if that was the case, Somebody would have probably complained about him being at their place too long. Or you would have heard a comment here and there. He probably frequents these places, but I don't think he overstays his welcome. And let me guess, he's driving a nice car and has nice clothes. add a little credibility, he probably doesn't have too much over at his mama's house. 
because he doesn't want to be figured out as a mama's boy. I knew guys that did this shit left and right in L.A. And they would always go to the beach or somewhere and try to get a friend who had a beach house or had an apartment on the beach. Hey man, let me hold the keys for the weekend. You don't know how many people tried to do that when I was in Santa Monica and I said, hell no. Because I knew exactly what they were going to do. Mm-mm. Man, can I drive your car? Well, I, that's the company's car. You're not driving that one. Can I drive your Mercedes? No, you can't drive that Mercedes. Now you don't start hearing from them anymore, which is a good thing. You only hear from them when they need something, right? Now, another thing, ladies. Never, ever, ever did you think that if you ghost a guy, that you would ever have a valid excuse to come back and ask him for something simple. I hate to tell you this, ladies, but you, you know that feminine charm that you have? It ain't gonna work. And even if you slept with them, that works for guys that are not used to being around women. guys that have been around. Because, see, here's the thing. Guys know that you are already looking for something better. And they're wondering, why the hell are you rolling back to me? I told a many women back in the day, oh, you know, I need, I need a starter for my car. I need this, I need that. Well, you haven't called me in, what, a year damn near? And you're asking me? Well, you know, we friends. No, you turned me down. Remember that? Yeah, well, I just need to get my car fixed. Oh, well. A lot of other people do, too. So you going to help me or not? Click. But some people think they're so valuable... They can treat you any kind of way, then come back later and walk the red carpet. Well, that may work in your imaginary world, but in the real world, mm-mm. Mm-mm. and you know damn well the guys that would do that for you are the very guys you would never sleep with, you'd never want to be on a date with, you'd never want to date. That's the reason why you passed them up the first time. So who are you going to get to actually come to your beck and call? The guy that's in your head, you're calling a loser. You know, like the guys that are chasing the women around on Instagram and Snapchat. And they're doing it on the low because they're living with a woman. Somebody that is convenient, but not the kind of woman they would really want to be with, but they're kind of stuck.
And the guy is, of course, cutting other guys down. Trying to get her attention. Curly favored her. And she wouldn't sleep with any of them. Wouldn't even be around any of them. He's at a point she calls them fans. My Instagram followers. My fans. That kind of crap. Making her feel good. Lifting that self-esteem up. But ladies, for the record, let me tell you the kind of women we will not marry. We'll sleep with, but we'll not marry. Strippers. Dancers. Cocktail waitresses. Bartenders. Promotional girls. Anybody that's on Instagram, showing their ass before their face. Snapchat, Snapchat thirst traps. Any woman that has an OnlyFans page, you've been on Pornhub, you consider that a come up. guys will sleep with you, they will never marry you. And the ones who will marry you, they'll be more than likely a guy you really didn't want to be with. And the reason being, he's not a challenge to you. He's somebody that can be led around like a child. Because he's so afraid of losing you. And the problem you have with guys like that, try to get away from them. Well, they're the ones that act the fool. They're the ones you got to get the restraining order against. They are alone. Now, there's one more thing I need to address, too. Because a lot of ladies have been about this. Like Brandy here. From Atlanta, Georgia. I'm really having a serious problem with my boyfriend now. We've been together almost a year and a half. And he has this female friend that constantly hangs around him. He claims that it's all platonic. She has a key to his apartment. And I've already talked to him about this. But I'm afraid to give him an ultimatum because he's been knowing this girl for like six years. He says nothing going on between the two of them. But I have yet to believe it. What do you think I should do here? Brandy, let me tell you something about those type of women. Because I had a friend like that. Still do to this day, Cassie. And Cassie has been friends of mine for years. And she's seen me go through relationships. With the whole dating thing out there on that whole thing. Gina has been a platonic friend for God knows how long since the 80s. It's 84, I think, 83, 84. Here's the thing that I would tell you. Boundaries have to be set for those friends. She has a key to his place. 
Let me guess. You don't. Cassie never had a key to my place. Gina never had a key to my place. Monica did, but she was my woman. Now, the thing with some of these friends, some of them are cool to kick it with, but if she has an agenda to be with him, that's a whole different story. Now, the thing to keep in mind, if she's telling you something to the effect of, you'll have to go before I will go, Pretty much that's the way it is. And the reason why he has this friend, Brandy, he trusts her when he trusts you. You have to work up her distrust. Like for instance with Gina. I trust Gina with everything. We've known each other for decades. Julian, I trust her. Even though she's in another relationship. It's about the level of integrity a person has. Now, I would venture to say this because I've dated women who have had male friends. What you have to look at is the quantity and proximity of those friends. The majority of my female friends are not here in Vegas. About maybe one or two here in Vegas. The majority of them, you know, the places throughout the world that I've met over the years. But here's the thing you have to understand. If she's that close to him, she's more like a sister, more like a niece, that kind of thing. But you feel threatened by her. You want him to yourself. And the more you try to go for that, the more she's going to dig her heels in. So what is the other thing that you can do? going to still be with him, you may have to uh, figure out a way of maybe getting on her good side. Because I can tell you right now what she is to him. She's protection. She's the second set of eyes for him. I personally think from what you described, she's too close. Gina's never interfered in any of my relationships. never interfered with any of my relationships. And they've met every woman that I've dated. Because you have to have a certain set of boundaries set with an understanding that when you're in a relationship, uh, yeah, you're not, yeah, you, you can't come over to the place and just 
put on a three-quarter length uh, robe with nothing on and think that that's cool to sit and watch TV. I'm gonna have to go. Now, problem that I ran into. Once Gina Cassie started meeting some of the women I dated, hell, they became friends, and boy, I knew they were out shopping and going on trips, doing all kind of shit. And I'm like, well, wait a minute, what about me? I felt left out. They're friends. It all depends. But I see you're threatened now because in Atlanta it's very competitive because uh, there are a lot of women there and not that many men. A friend of mine was telling me to come to Atlanta to find me a girlfriend or a wife. Have I looked at the statistics on those STDs down in Atlanta? No thank you. Mm-mm, ain't no way in the hell. The little stats change. <laughs> I know everybody in Atlanta doesn't have anything, but it's just that that shit scared me. <laughs> Gotta be straight up with you. But overall, though, if you give him if you give him an ultimatum, nine times out of ten, he's not gonna abide by it. He's gonna wind up losing. You can find a man that doesn't have a female friend around. I dated a lady one time and she had this male friend, he was gay. And the reason why I say this is because it was like every time she and I had planned something, he would always want to, oh, we should go to West Hollywood or we should go here or we should go there. And every time it was an event for him to enjoy, more so than us. We wanted to be alone as a couple. And then eventually she got the nerve to tell him, and when she did, he was crushed, angry at me, swearing up and down that I was homophobic and all this other stuff. And I'm like, how can I be homophobic? I have friends that are transgender. I got friends that are going through more shit than you are. You look like a straight male. The only way you know is about you go into different locations. These people live that way 24-7. But, what eventually happened, the guilt from her friend got so serious that she said, you know what? I can't let my friends go. I gotta let you go. Okay, fine. And here's the crazy part about it. A few years later, she had a falling out. Got into another relationship. He pulled the same shit. Friendship was over. It happens. Fellas, I know you may have a friend, a homie, a road dog. He should not be going out on a date with you and your woman. 
you should not have your woman pay for the two of you to go somewhere or to go to eat or something like that. Yes, a lady in New York wrote me about this. She had to pay for him and his boy at a restaurant because both of them didn't have a job, didn't have any money. It's absurd. Makes no sense. So my advice to you, ma'am, start looking for someone else because he hasn't set boundaries and that relationship is too fermented and I mean where she could just pop into his apartment at any time you guys could be intimate or whatever and she could just come in just like she lives there stay he probably lets her bring men over to sleep there with her and let me tell you something that a friend of mine experienced one time there were these two sisters two women they were sisters biological sisters I think one was 24 and the other one was like 26 or something like that my friend started talking to a 24-year-old, the younger one. And he's like, man, she has an older sister, man, and she's cute and blah, blah, blah. So we met, no chemistry whatsoever. She was into bald-headed guys that had gone to prison and tatted up, that kind of thing. So, you know, I respected that, but we were still cool, we were still chilling and everything. And so, it was girl's birthday, the 24-year-old's birthday coming up. And she's going to have all these friends and stuff come over to the, to their apartment. When we got there, I counted at least five dudes in pajamas. I included my friend. There's a whole bunch of women there too. I'm like, hell these fuckers wear pajamas for. These women would let these men spend the night and stay in their house. Because they didn't have a place to stay. One dude, his wife had kicked him out, the other dude moved to LA and didn't have a place to stay. And it was sob stories with the other two. And I'm saying to myself, this place is just like the UN. Stay for a few minutes, I left. Got my vibe. But, even on this day, they told me, he said, man, he said, I felt out of place. He said, when everybody left, I was there with her. He said, I just felt some kind of way to do sleeping on the living room floor and stuff. And just, he said, it was just something about that. get into but these are things that you have to consider about situations and sometimes people don't tell you what those situations are as I've told you before 
The sooner you find out, the better. Ladies, you should never date a man for 18 months and not know where he lives. You should know where he lives at least six months after you get the date, after you start dating. At least six months in. Usually around 90 days in. But at least six months. But then again, some women don't care. As long as he's coming to my place to see me, that's all that matters. So it all depends. But ladies, what you have to look at is the quality of the man. Not just the monetary value of it. I can't stress that enough. Because as men, we're good as far as bullshitting you into thinking we're doing better than we are. Oh, we're experts at that. I've seen guys go out and lease cars, Mercedes, Bentleys, Rolls Royces for a week just to impress a woman. I've seen them do it. All for the sake of being admired. it's all about image and a lot of these guys know it and yet the women get frustrated when they figure out the truth and realize he wasn't all that I had a friend of mine that used to be a chauffeur and what he would do he would take one of the cars up at the club and the women were all over Ooh, we love that car yeah of course he had started his whole narrative he was living in an apartment with three roommates but the women didn't care as long as they were seen in the car taking pictures with it and everything and these weren't young women either these weren't like 20-some people, women in their 30s and 40s. They still got But that was his style, that was his shtick. So you're looking for quality. That means you're looking for a man that's going to listen to you and that you will listen to. A man that you can trust and a man trust you. Someone who can give you back what you give to them emotionally. And if he can't measure up to that, you shit out of luck. Things are not going to get better just by you wishing it. What you're dealing with is things as they are. Some ladies go for the alpha male. You know that guy that's got everything on lock. All the women like him. All the guys are admiring him. They want to be like him. And she goes and gives him her all. Sleeps with him everything. And she realizes that she doesn't make an impact on him. Because his narcissism, his ego, is far more important than anything she can offer him. 
And then once she realizes that she's one among many women trying to get with him, and he treats her just like he does the other women, then she realizes that it's not worth it. And what does she start doing? Start going down the bracket. She might start going around with a beta male, one of the guys that admire him. Looking at it from the standpoint, well, I can make him jealous because I can take somebody that's not maybe as good as he is and make him jealous. And then you realize that shit doesn't work. And so the next step, well, you can still hang around with this beta male and try to keep an eye on your ex. Are you going down a, another bracket? to that Delta male, he doesn't make as much money as the Alpha, he's reliable, he has his own terms, he pays his own bills, he's stable, he's comfortable making 60000 a year, he's going to be at work no matter what, but you get with him, but it's like, well, he'll do for now, but I want somebody that, that, that's going to make some money. Then you're pushing him to try to make more money. He's like, no, I'm comfortable with what I'm doing right now. But you don't want to give that up because he's dependable. But you want to reach for something that's got a little bit more money, but it's dependable also. But that the problem is you're reaching up for that person, but those people are not reaching for you. Because many of them have already seen you and passed you over. So in the theater of the mind, you're thinking, well, I could do better. The reality is, if you could do better, you would do better. But you're stuck with what you got. And this is one thing that some people don't want to really face. They don't want to really face the reality of uh, what they're dealing with. Especially if that $60,000 a year man is far more reliable than the man who makes more money. Hell, he may live every day according to what the market does. Like a friend of mine I had who's the day trader. me up one day, he said, man, I'm seeing a screenshot. This fool made $3 million in a day and lost it by the next day. He's down about 200000 He only had about $200,000 the next day. But that was his thing. He had lost a mini girlfriend doing that shit. But that's the way he lived his life. So if you're looking for stability, risk takers they're not stable people they can't be because see they gotta risk it in order to become successful and to stay successful they gotta risk even more that's the thing you know I look at uh, Magic Johnson and that contract that he had when he started with the Lakers. 
I don't even think it was over $30 million. And now he's worth $1.2 billion. Michael Jordan worth $3.2 billion. Shaq is on his way up there. Taylor Swift, I think $1.1 billion. Jay-Z, rest of them. But it took risk. They had to take risk along the way in order for it to actually materialize. And see, the thing is, when you get to a point where you can afford to take risk, that's different. You have a lot of people who can't afford it and they take it and they lose. And when they lose, they lose big. And there are others they may knock it out of the park but it doesn't mean you're going to be able to knock it out of the park every time sometimes you take an L there are some women out there that don't have a stomach for it driving a Rolls Royce, Rolls Royce one day driving a Hyundai the next <laughs> some people just don't have a stomach for that so it all depends. Where you going, how you going, how you do it. But the one thing I'll leave you with, quality over quantity. Because one thing you will find is that a quality person, just like fine leather, getting some of those American made cars they had that hard ass leather put your feet you put your hand down in it and it ugh you used to hate it but those luxury cars put your fingers in there and it would just sink in like butter but one thing I'm glad that they quit doing and this is an aside. I'm glad they quit with those damn vinyl tops on the cars. I used to hate that shit. I don't even know why they came up with them in the first place. It looked horrible when they stripped off the car. But anyway, folks, um, just something to think about. As you've seen, there's been different perspectives on men and the value of them. Just a sampling of the women that have actually left messages or that I interviewed. And the other thing to keep in mind, too, is this you're looking for, remember those four questions who are you, your purpose, connection, weaknesses, your intentions. Those four categories of questions will give you some bearing on the type of person you're going to have in your life. And if they look at you and say, I don't know, why are you asking me these questions? Let me start with that. That tells you right there, that wouldn't be the person for you because here's what's going to happen. When you do have to ask them direct questions in the relationship, that's what they're not going to be able to do. Answer them, but walk away. 
They'll find fault in the process. They'll find fault in you. So, the takeaways here. Your marriage or relationship fails. Take ownership of your part. Don't blame yourself for the full thing, but take the ownership of the part where you failed. If you're attracting people that are undesirable, ask yourself, what is it about you that you're doing that's attracting them? That's very important. Once you correct it, you'll get a better result. The other thing, don't have an aversion to change, to changing things about yourself that will make you more marketable. But things that you're comfortable with change. If you're not and you're okay with going through the old routine you've been going through and you like the struggle, you like the headache, you like being without a man or going through with these guys that are just full of shit, enjoy yourself. I'll see you when you're in your 60s. burned out. Take care, folks, and thank you once again for listening. More tomorrow. We at Romantic Truth appreciate your listenership. Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music. Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those solely of the host and are not condoned, or endorsed by Romantic Truth, Anchor or any of its affiliates. The advice given herein is the expressed opinion of the host and not to be used for legal, marital, or family counseling, or for professional practice purposes. In the event for professional assistance, please contact the local licensed professional family counselor, marriage counselor or social services professional in your region. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. Be advised that all of the background music of production not provided by Anchor is owned by James Adams and Jaws and One Music exclusively licensed for this Romantic Truth podcast under waiver. Please understand that there were no people or animals hurt in the segments of this show including plants. All sound effects were improvised in the studio setting with props. We are an equal opportunity employer with two Yorkie Poodles and a Rat Terrier as the security detail. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.